What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in a Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's roll it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. I am joined by a whole host of folks. We have Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe, Sam Packard of The Athletic, Chris Grenham of Forbes. Everybody, how are you all doing? <laughs> what a party. Fantastic. <laughs> so we're excited to have everybody on today. We're recording this at 8 o'clock on Sunday. Just after the Celtics held off the Blazers to claim their first win of the Disney World bubble, Jason Tatum uh, is no longer broken. Nicole, what did, I saw what did you a tweet see? that said otherwise. I think a tweet from some guy from MassLive.com said he's was a <laughs> funk, uh, really feeling out his game, still doesn't have it yet. I don't know. This was right after he airballed and then made a three. It felt like that three was really important because he had just airballed, but he got the ball right back and he got a chance to shoot again before he had a chance to get in his own head about it. But yeah, no, I mean, when I tweeted that, it, it, he was having like a weird game. He'd missed some shots. He didn't look like himself. You know, he looked a little better, but he still didn't look like himself. And then like literally the next possession, he hit a three. The next possession after that, he hit another. Like it was just pretty much instantaneous, which is now the second time that I've done that with uh, Tatum in the bubble. So I look forward to being branded a Jason Tatum hater so yeah I mean I'll throw it out to you guys do you think that Jason Tatum is fixed now I mean I don't think he was ever officially broken <laughs> I think he was like on the well, I have been on twitter.com and I can assure you that the consensus was that Jason Tatum was irreparably broken <laughs> I mean first we neglected to mention that he got a haircut so I think that maybe but, brought some of his which he wanted before the Bucks game Yes. This is true. Yeah, he, that was a major He did not get a haircut to get buckets. He just kept his haircut too long because the women in his life loved his curls. <laughs> <laughs> and then Deuce was also on the virtual fan board. So, I mean, haircut plus Deuce, like, what do you expect, you know? Well, that I was think a pretty, should... like, star-studded corner with Kemba's mom, Deuce, Paul Pierce, Wanamaker's daughter was up there. Jim, when are you getting on there? I've been making the push, you know, by sending one tweet to the Celtics and I've <laughs> yet to receive any kind of notice and re response, but I don't know. I think it'd be very weird to be on there. Like Paul Pierce looked like he was hostage. Did you see the tweet? Uh, someone put up a video of what it looked like at halftime. Cause apparently if you're a fan, you're part of like the virtual fan experience. You can see all the other fans. And so even when the game is not going on, you can see the other fans. So it's just a video of like Paul Pierce eating spaghetti just like <laughs> in the corner. And then everyone else just kind of like walking around. It was hysterical. 
before we move on real quick from Jason Tatum's haircut, I do think we need to give a shout out to assistant trainer Nick Sang, who gave Tatum the haircut, according to Nicole's colleague, Gary Washburn. I think it's a bizarre decision to pass up on like an actual barber to have just like some random dude in the organization do it. But Nick did a pretty good job. I think he's been doing a lot of the players. I saw he cut Tice's hair earlier in the week, and he was, he, doing really? a couple, he was doing a couple of the other players. Yeah, so I don't know how that happened, but he's clearly been dubbed like the team barber. It's a multi-purpose. The NBA built an entirely new structure that looks exactly <laughs> like the barbershop from the 2K Village in the campus, and I would hope they used it, but probably not. I just thought like those were the type of amenities we would get to see, but... I don't know. He did a good job. Jason Tatum can now hit threes off the dribble. Um, and so everything's good. I, I, obviously, Tatum played really well. I, I thought that, obviously, Jalen kind of saved the game down the stretch. He had a huge fourth quarter. I think he went six for six. Mm-hmm. Apparently, five of Tatum's eight assists came in the fourth quarter to Jalen Brown. Those guys, I mean, they both looked really good. They both played together really well. And I feel like we had yet another instance of Jalen just, I mean, looking – every bit as ready as you can possibly look for the season to resume and to get into the postseason. He's just shooting way better than I remember him shooting from three, just the way he's been in these like five scrimmage games in this game. If he can be hit six of eight from deep, that's going to be huge for the Celtics. <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to be consistent, but I also think in the first half, he's was pretty good at just being aggressive and his ball handling has like improved so much this season that I think he can do that more. I think he's very key to the Celtics offense. That's like basically what the Celtics are going to need is different guys to step up on each night because clearly I don't think we're at a place where they can rely on 30 points from Tatum. And so he was fantastic down the stretch and shooting the ball with confidence, especially from deep, which is cool because I'm trying to make downtown Jalen Brown happen and the more he makes threes, the more it works. Sam, what's the uh, – I've seen a bunch of people tweeting about it. What's the thing with the bail fund? Oh, for the first game, I tweet I was donated $5 for every made three and then $7 for every Jalen Brown made three. I should have done it again for this game. It would have cost me way more money. Um, <laughs> but it was something I was doing just trying to keep the, uh, I guess, discussion on social justice to be a thing while we watched his basketball games. And Jalen Brown did a pretty cool job of that opening his press conference after the game today. He dropped an Angela Davis quote, Very referenced cool. the third verse of the national anthem. I mean, he, he came with like a well-cited sources. As a nerd, I like the book report he gave. I feel like he prepares himself and then very clearly arriving to every press conference with like a certain point he wants to hit on. Like tonight, it was the national anthem. I've been critical of Jalen in the past for kind of wanting to, he like wants to speak out on a lot of these issues and sometimes gives kind of surface level answers. And now he's coming with like building an argument, like constructing an argument all the way up. I, I just appreciated that. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code GINO or DealDash.fm slash GINO. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash GINO. 
I, I, I thought Gordo was really good. I, I think he's been really good in the bubble. I, I think that he's been kind of helping the Celtics piece together offense and defense where it hasn't necessarily always been natural so far. Um, he's felt pretty steady kind of along with Jalen. Even when he's off, it feels like he does a lot of things that really help. What have you guys thought about the collection of Gordon, Jalen, Jason, and Kemba and just kind of what we've seen um, when all those guys can be on the court together? I thought, like you said, Hayward's done a really good job of kind of filling where needed. And I guess he's always been relatively versatile. And I think Brad likes that. And he fits pretty well into Brad's system in that way. But like his passing was really good today. Tatum's passing was also really good. But when all the starters are in before Kemba hits his minute restriction, I thought early on Gordon was really good passing the ball, using his court vision to his advantage. He was good defensively too. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard for my main takeaway from that starting lineup not to be Kemba because we're kind of focused on him. But I haven't seen any issues with him at all. His burst looks good. Like his shot, he looks confident with the ball. I mean, I haven't seen any issues with him. So that's been my main takeaway. He is fed up with us. He does not want the minute restriction questions or the minute restriction. Not with with the media. He hates Brad. That's my theory. (laughs) I think he hates all of it. I I felt like as the first question was being asked today, I could see Kemba's eyes just rolling up into his skull. I couldn't couldn't tell if it was the question or if he's just sick of hearing like the – Hey, Kemba, how's it going? Come on, just ask the question. (laughs) This is a PSA for every reporter that listens to this. We have got on these Zoom calls to stop doing, hey, Jalen, how's it going? And then waiting for their response. Just, yeah. No, it is, hey, Jalen, here's my question. Like, if you want to say, hey, Jalen, fine. But like, Mm -hmm. or just launch into your question. But this like, hey, Jalen, how's it going? Awkward pause while Jalen. Because these damn boomers need to check that their (laughs) mic isn't unmuted. And so they have to get like a... Check sentence in before they actually have some question. <laughs> we got off topic of shit. Nicole, where were we? Gordon uh, Hayward. Kemba. No, Kemba. Kemba. It was Kemba, right? <laughs> I'm yelling, Kemba. <laughs> so he, he was asked about the minutes restriction. He was like, it doesn't fucking matter. Brad's not going to change. So stop asking me these questions. Like, he clearly is like over yeah. it. But Kemba, you better be pretty frustrated with this. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's wild too, because it's like, of course he's frustrated with it, but also like, I wonder if he, to an extent, is just like, guys, I'm fine. I haven't been able yeah. to, like, I, have, I don't know how much clearer I can make it to you that I'm good. I mean, it's just wild because I think at every Kemba availability since we found out about his knee, he's asked the same exact questions and he gives yeah. the same exact answers. He keeps reiterating. He knows the bigger picture is important. He keeps reiterating that it's frustrating. It's, it's kind of the same thing for a lot of these guys right now, unfortunately. And I, I don't know how we change that. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're all kind of getting asked the same things over and over. So I'm sure that is getting kind of annoying. And they're Only all... we had some sort of influence over the types of questions that were asked. Of these <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, I don't know what you would ask Kemba. Like, that's the thing is like, we get three players after the game, and Kemba Walker is going to be one of them. What do you ask him? Is like, like about his twenty-two minutes. Like, you feel good out there? You knock down those shots. That was pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Tatum, there's a storyline there. Like, he came back and played much better. Jalen, I think it was like much more because he like played made big plays down the stretch. Where it's like Kemba, you didn't have an impact in the fourth quarter. Thoughts? <laughs> Bet you wanted to be back out there, didn't you? I yeah, like that when was... they cut. To, I like when they cut to him during the fourth quarters because yeah. he just looks miserable on the bench in these last two close games. I feel like Absolutely he specifically miserable. covered like his face so that way people couldn't see his facial yeah. expressions because he I just so looks too. so mad. Definitely. One of the things that has kind of stood out to me though is like like you said, he looks really good and he just adds 
a dimension to this offense. Like it's, it's so hard to guard him when you're spaced out guarding the other guys. Like he's so fast. He comes around these screens so quickly and like he just kind of collapses the defense so hard. Like I really think that the Celtics offense is going to be hard to contend with when everybody's healthy because even when everybody was healthy and like Tatum was really going off, Kemba still wasn't like he was playing a little bit here and there, but he wasn't healthy. Like you could tell that he, that he was kind of laboring, that he, that he was limping a little bit or that he was just kind of slowed down. Now that everybody looks good in like the 18 minutes, the 22 minutes that we get, this offense is just hard to stop. There's just like so many places where they can hurt you. I'll be curious to see how that all works together and if it works together. We haven't really seen a lot of this team when he has his full burst, like he's 100%. So if you can get the full spacing with this normal starting lineup, he's so basically impossible to guard in a spaced out floor with how quick he is off the dribble. That's going to be so brutal for teams to defend if they're at full strength. And he is, if this minute restriction works and come playoff time, he can just be basically like let loose. So that's going to be a ton of fun to watch and brutal for other teams to attempt to defend. I think it's also just makes it so you have less minutes from Shemi Ojale and less Brad Wanamaker minutes. It's just like the downstream effects of getting yeah. 30 minutes from Kemba Walker just means Brad can shorten the rotation and they're just like, look so much better when they can have three of their top five guys on like on the court at all times. And so you don't have moments where it's Wanamaker, Cantor and Ojale coming in. Like, even though I thought they did well and, like, with, played well with Hayward and Brown and, like, that rotation has been working out pretty well, the, like, the, the more you can just have three of your top, I guess, six, I don't know what, what we're doing with Tice. Let's just pause and talk about the war on Tice for a second. My God. <laughs> it's become, uh, one, it's, like, evolved from a joke to, like, legitimate, like, the refs don't like him. And now NBC Sports Boston won't stop talking about it that I think it might have jumped the shark. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like gone too far, but it's surreal. Like, the foul call at the very end of the game on Nurkic was wild because Nurkic jumped into him and then got hit in the face. I don't know. It's just, I feel bad for Tice. I don't know what he did to these refs. Abby tweeted, end the war on Tice or something, and Tice retweeted it. <laughs> I don't, I feel the like the shark I, has been jumped. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. That's uh, the meme is done. Retire it. <laughs> Retire it. Support for Geno Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. It tells me here to talk about a time when I hurt myself while manscaping, but I can't talk about that because that's how good Manscaped is. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The, bat the battery will last up to 90 minutes if you're really hacking away down there, so you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Put it right in your window. Let everybody see it. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GINO at manscapes.com. 
That's 20% off with free shipping at manscapes.com and use code Gino. One of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that we haven't seen Romeo Langford at all. We've seen a little bit of Grant Williams. We've seen some Shemi Ojale, but like a lot of the young guys just aren't getting minutes right now. I, I think that's kind of interesting in that I thought that Brad was going to treat these game, these seeding games a little bit more like scrimmages, but it feels like the only person who he's kind of holding out a little bit is Kemba and that's just for his knee. So I've, I've been a little bit surprised not to see more minutes for some of the Celtics younger guys. Wanted to win. I think like think it was important to like, get that win and like, like Romeo Langford is not going to do anything to stop Dame. Like I don't know if that was the exact if maybe they kept their lead and didn't blow a 24-point lead, you might yeah. see some time for the younger guys. But once Dame gets it going, I think it's tough to be like, all right, Carson Edwards, now's your <laughs> shot. <laughs> I think with, with Romeo specifically, Brad likes him in particular matchups. And when those particular matchups aren't, aren't here, it's just like, nope, you'll be, you'll be sitting down for the full 48. It's not that he just likes him against bad teams. Because right. during the regular season, he had him out there against Harden. Played against the Lakers, too, like 15 minutes, yeah. Like, so I'm curious, and I've I've thought about asking Brad a couple times, but I just don't think the answer would be that useful. I think he would mostly avoid the question. But I am curious, what what, what are the specific matchups? Because he's talked about the specific matchups that he likes Romeo against. Like, I'm curious what they are. Like, is it bigger guards? Like, does he not think that Romeo would be able to hang with Lillard just kind of snaking around all those pick and rolls? Or, like, I'm not sure what it would be. Like, does he like Romeo better in isolation? Like, his double-digit – I'm looking at his double-digit minutes right now. They are completely random. Like, you have the standard Atlanta, Orlando, Charlotte. But then there's Toronto, OKC, the Lakers. He also played 14 minutes in Portland the first time around. He played double-digit against Houston, the Pacers. So, like, I think Brad might just be leading us on here. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. The Celtics, they remain in third in the Eastern Conference. Before the game, they were a game and a half up on Miami and I believe four games back of Toronto. Basically, the loss to Milwaukee and Toronto's big win over the Lakers pretty much put to bed any hope that the Celtics had of earning the two seed, even with a head-to-head against Toronto remaining. What do you guys think about the seeding? To me, it feels like this is basically going to come down to Miami needs to beat the Celtics in their head-to-head. If they don't, they aren't going to catch the Celtics. If they do, the Celtics still could hold them off. Like, it's not a done deal, but that's how Miami could kind of stay alive in the hunt for the three seed. Do you think it would be more beneficial for, obviously they're not going to try and lose, but say the Heat beat the Celtics, they have a chance at taking that three seed. Wouldn't the Celtics be better off playing Indiana in a 4-5 than getting Philadelphia in round one? So I was thinking about this because obviously the, the counter argument is just like, well, you don't want to face in round Milwaukee two. in the second round. But right. the counterpoint is that you're going to have to face Milwaukee at some point anyway if you want to go to the finals. Mm-hmm. So 
Because I, I, I think I agree with you that I would rather face the potentially Sabonis-less Pacers right. than Philadelphia because that road to the finals goes Philadelphia, Toronto, Milwaukee. That's brutal. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're earning it if you're coming out of those three and getting to the finals. You're um, limping to the finals. But that's the route they have if they get the three seed right now. I mean – exactly. Philadelphia so I, might not stay in the sixth seed. I don't buy it. That's the thing. I don't think TJ Warren's going to go for 50 in the Pacers' next seven games. Like, the Pacers are not good, and this was a complete aberration. I, they do have the tiebreaker over the uh, Sixers, but it's only one game. I think the Sixers are going to come out and play angry. I know hopefully that troublemaker Shake Milton will, won't be there anymore to yell at Embiid, but I just don't think that the Pacers are going to be able to, like, stay in the five seed. They're just not – good enough and don't have enough talent and if tj warren is not scoring 50 i don't know where they get points from and i'm looking at the pacers schedule right now two games against the heat a game against the lakers a game against the rockets i just don't know if they're gonna necessarily stay ahead of the sixers obviously you want to play them in the first round because they're not very good but i don't know if the celtics can do anything because they have no control over what the pacers or sixers do i was looking up the sixers remaining schedule the Sixers play the Spurs, the, the Wizards, the Magic, the Blazers, the Suns, the Raptors, and the Rockets. So the Sixers' schedule going forward is pretty cushy, even if it just kind of happens by accident. Sixers, Raptors, Bucks is just a really, really hard way to try to get to the finals. I, I think the Celtics are really good. I think they got a lot of really good players. I think they'll be really good down the road, but I just would not have a lot of confidence in a team coming out of Joel Embiid, and then, you know, everything that Toronto is, which is, you know, just a really good team with a lot of excellent pieces. And then Giannis, like, that's a brutal combination. And anyone who has to play the Sixers in round one is screwed. Like, if you're on the Heat and the Sixers end up in the five series, like, that's brutal for both of those teams. Like, someone is going to get screwed because there's basically five good teams in the East and one of them is going to end up playing the Sixers or one of the top four is going to end up playing the Sixers. That's just terrible, but it's going to mean great second-round basketball across the board. What else has stood out to everybody after two real games that count? One, I know Sam is a proponent of this trade or move. Donovan Mitchell watched the Celtics game tonight and tweeted, gotta be the haircut, and then added Jason Tatum with three laughing emojis. So Mitchell to the Celtics, still in play. They're in the same hotel. They have the Team USA fun hangout time. I just like the idea of Gordon Hayward going back to Utah and all the Utah <laughs> having to delete all their mean tweets about him. Although... In terms of mean tweets about Gordon, I think Celtics Twitter is uh, up in the up in the numbers there. So who knows? We also we got a lot of people talking about Tatum's hair. Bradley Beal was tweeting about it. I mean, I thought we would be able to see the players like watching the games and be in the actual facilities. Hopefully that like happens for the playoffs. But rather than just seeing random people on a Zoom screen, I think it would be way more interesting to see like players watching their counterparts in the stands. But maybe they can't socially distance. Although. They're in a bubble and breathing on each other already, so I don't need the need to socially distance, but I think that would be cool. Do you guys notice the fans on the screens? Because I really only notice it when the broadcast points it out. I don't, yeah. Otherwise, I don't see it at all. I noticed like, when they have like, the footage of Lucky doing defense chants, but just because he's my yeah. guy. I do notice the weird like, ambiance type things, less so when the game is actually going on, but like, in the moments beforehand. and just The view when they go behind the player like, shooting a free throw and it's just a giant screen there is a dystopian Insane. nightmare. And I, really, <laughs> I hate it. And it's like a reminder that like, none of this is all right. The only yeah. time I did actually notice the seats was yesterday when it was late in the Clippers-Pelicans game and it was a 
horrible game. And there were empty virtual seats. Like it was just a <laughs> wall of gray because the people had gotten up from their laptops and left. I don't know how the NBA allowed that to happen, but that was the only time I actually noticed. I love that the Pelicans can't even keep fans in the stands yeah. when they're literally houses. just like at their houses. Yeah. Like they even then, pull- the Pelicans are just like, "Nah, we can't. We can't even hold that." They can press a button. Like they should have full control over that. Once you're under like forty percent capacity on your Zoom thing, like it just ends. Like- <laughs> All right, what else you got from social media, Nicole? Two name searches. The first being from Marcus Smart. So a fan tweeted, Marcus Smart preparing the money for his incoming fine as we speak. And then Andrew Doxy quotes Friend of the show. And said, his accountant is shaking right now. And Smart replied to Andrew with a gif of a black cat filing his nails. <laughs> Nicole is showing us this photo that none of you can see. Good radio. Jack Michael said, Marcus, I am an accountant. <laughs> that was pretty good. Which is true. It is true. And then Andrew said, okay, I'm just going to read their whole exchange. Marcus, hire Jack. Jack said, Marcus, please say congrats on the wife to Cousin Steve's. <laughs> and then Cousin Steve said, or Andrew, I just got engaged and I want you to know I contemplated diving on the floor before showing the ring as a tribute. And then Smart responded and said, in this world, there's contemplators and there's doers. Your lack of commitment to what you knew you should have done is disappointing. Maybe at the next wedding. <laughs> Which is just an incredible response. An and incredible the fact response. that he like found this thread is just... It's also so dark because he's predicting Doc's going to get divorced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got engaged like two weeks ago. <laughs> the thing about Marcus on Twitter is that he is kind of like, he's merciless. It, oh, like yeah. when people... When he was doing that Q&A and people were asking him dumb questions, like he would come in with like the elbow drop on some of them. I respect it. I love NBA players name searching. It's great. I mean, Vinny, Vinny Poirier is a, oh. does it every single day. And then the second name search comes from Bill Russell, who confirmed he is still alive because a fan <laughs> tweeted, smart sent Mellow's shit and kept it in bounds. Bill Russell is looking down from heaven smiling. <laughs> And Bill Russell found this tweet and quote tweeted it and said, just in case anyone cares, I am still alive. At least I was the last time I checked. And then I think the fan tried to like save it by saying like, yeah, I knew he was still alive, obviously. Okay, I know that fan. He's like a stand-up comedian. Like, I do think it was a bit. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> like he is a known Celtics fan. I think he's well aware that Bill Russell is not dead. <laughs> and I love the theory that Bill Russell is name searching um, his tweets or tweets about him, but I really highly doubt it. How did he find it then? You don't think someone immediately... Someone's running that account for him. Yeah, yeah. And then immediately added him. <laughs> just like, this guy thinks you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we will wrap it up there. As always, we are very appreciative of Jam Packard, Chris Grenham. Thank you guys both for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Whoa. And we will- Whoa. <laughs> And we will talk to you guys all on Thursday. Remember, you can win a Jalen Brown bobblehead. If you uh, leave us a five-star review, DM it, let us know, um, tweet it out, and we'll give you an extra shot at it. Thank you guys all for listening, and we will talk to you later. At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it. 
with no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.